Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Five Spot, where we give you nothing but the latest news and our input of what's going on in the NFL and all across sports. Well, let's start with that game last night, uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. I think at this point, the Detroit Lions have now become a household name all across the world with fans that love watching the NFL, with Jared Goff now becoming a franchise quarterback again and showing that he can lead a team uh, to a successful season. But at this particular point, is it more about Detroit or is it more about Green Bay? When I look into it from last night's game, it takes me back to the last game pretty much of the year when Detroit went into Lambeau Field and stole a win versus Aaron Rodgers. I think that was more of their coming out party. Uh, Coach Campbell, uh, we all know, is a little bit energetic and, and a motivator for his football team. But what we've seen thus far uh, from a lot of the talent through free agency and also through the draft starting to elevate their game to help uh, try to boost this team to be one of the best NFC teams in the league at this particular point. But I just look at it from last night's game and – I'll take the Detroit side. The Detroit side, more of the defense being able to apply pressure on Jordan Love all game. The first half was awful, was awful for Green Bay. But more about Detroit and being able to apply pressure, uh, show different coverages and looks, get some blitzes uh, to get to Jordan Love. I believe Jordan Love was sacked five times in the game. Uh, but more importantly, having a stagnant offense for Green Bay put Detroit in great field position creating turnovers, and also leading the scores. Armando, when you look at uh, where this Detroit team is going compared to where Green Bay may be going, would you lean more toward Detroit or would you lean more toward where Green Bay kind of has a high ceiling at this particular point? Well, so where I lean, Donovan, is before the season, Detroit got a lot of love, right? I mean, right. everybody, the whole media was loving them, and that's usually a bad thing. If the media <laughs> loves you, right. run for the hills, brother. Uh, right. Trust me, it's it's not a good day for you mm -hmm. because eventually they'll they'll bring you down. Right. But having said that, um, the whole love was this team is going to matter. This team is going to be great uh, for the season, and and I wasn't ready to go there. Right. But this is how far I'm ready to go. This team will matter in the NFC North. They right. are the class of the division. And really, that's all that matters because you're the class of the division. You're going to get in the playoffs and you can go from there. But I look at that division, Minnesota, winless. Uh, you know, you've, Chicago. you've got Chicago that's, uh, that's a, a circus and winless. And so the only thing that could stop them is Green Bay. And last night, the Lions went to Green Bay and beat them in Green Bay for the second year in a row. And it was like not that close. It, it, I mean, not close at all. And that's their sixth consecutive divisional win going back to last season. Well, I look at Jordan Love and, and Jordan Love has shown flash plays and the ability to create explosive plays. One thing we have to take into account, uh, Watson was was out as number one receiver. This was his first game back. Uh, Dodds has kind of been in and out. Their offensive line a little bit has been a little banged up. But yet and still, 
I look at the game last night and and I wonder what the game plan was going in. Because when you're playing a Detroit team, which we know can create pass rush, and they do a great job of just disguising their schemes and blitzes, you decided to run the football 12 times for 27 yards. Now, now give or take. Now, your number one running back is coming back. Uh, you know, you still have A.J. Dillon there. Uh, Aaron, uh, I mean, Andrew, jo- Andrew Jones. Aaron Jones, excuse me. Um, coming off of a hamstring injury. But you still have to run the football. Jordan Love is only, what, in his fourth start, fourth to fifth start. He's still pretty much an official rookie if you look at it. And you decide to run the ball 12 times in the game in which you decide to let your quarterback, which I get you were down and you were fighting back, but he throws 36 times, 23 or 36 for 246 yards. But the two turnovers, the, the two interceptions were so critical one backed up in the red zone, uh, which gave Detroit an opportunity to score. Uh, and then, obviously, we've seen going into score that could have put that game at about, I think, three uh, three points or so. Uh, but I just think for Jordan Love, the experience now is starting to come and the development is, is starting to evolve. I think the patience for the fans now is starting to wear a little thin because everyone talks, hey, well, Aaron is here, you know, that whole comparison. Uh, but more importantly, I look at LaFleur and I ask yourself, what kind of mentality did you come into this game with when you have this defense on the other side? Well, but okay, so here's the problem. So David Bakhtiari is out. So right. he's their left tackle. He's on injured reserve. Don Ryan uh, Jr. gets hurt. Uh, exactly. And Jenkins, Elton Jenkins is out. So their entire left side is, is not playing. Right. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? That's it's hard. Look, I don't know. What would you do? Your, your head, you are just been hired head coach of the green Bay Packers. Congratulations to you, Donovan McNabb. What do you do? (laughs) Well, you have to run the football. And and my thing is, especially at this particular point, you're now, again, you have your running back coming back from, from injury. I think he sat out the last two games for the hamstring injury that he suffered in Chicago. But you still have to run the football. No matter how you look at it, if you're down 20, if you're down 15, whatever it may be, run the football, neutralize the clock, set up the play-action game. They started doing play action, and you only run the ball 12 times. That What linebacker is going to bite into the A and the B gap? Because, first of all, you're down by 20. Secondly, it becomes 707 drops from the secondary because they're chomping at the bit to try to get interceptions or at least some pass breakups. Uh, and so why are you doing play action if you're not running the football? So for Matt LaFleur, this is going to be an evaluation time for himself, even though that your backside is, is injured but you still have to run the football to take a little pressure off of your quarterback. And I don't think that they run the quarterback enough. I mean, you see teams like the Bills, like the Ravens, you know, they, oh. they like the Philadelphia Eagles last year, um, the Chicago Bears, um, you know, <laughs> a little bit. They use the quarterback as a weapon uh, in the running game. And last night, Jordan Love scores a running, a rushing touchdown untouched. Yeah. Right. Why don't they use him more? 
in the running game? Well, I mean, you fit. You mentioned teams pretty much who are lacking at the running back position, <laughs> um, and I, I get, I get to see the quarterback run. Jordan Love is not one of those kind of, as they want to quote, running quarterback, so to speak. Uh, I agree with you. At least he should get about four to six rushes a game. Uh, if it's QB draw, if it's scrambles, whatever it may be. Called runs, that's not like Matt LaFleur's type of offense. Remember, when he was in Tennessee, he didn't have Ryan Tannehill running as much. Uh, he had him just turn the ball, hand it off to Derrick Henry uh, at that point. And I think if they're running, once the running back gets back fully healthy, then yeah, you'll start to see those carries go up. A.J. Dillon will run the football. Uh, he'll probably have about four to six carries, meaning uh, Jordan Love. But offensively, uh, I think they're starting to come into their own a bit, but the consistency will have to continue to develop from Jordan Love's stand. But but let's go to the defense of, of Green Bay. I mean, I expected a little bit more from the Green Bay defense, and I just didn't see it in that game. Was it more for you? I mean, for me, it was Jordan, Jordan Love and turning the football, so now defense is sudden change. But Jared Goff controlled that whole game. He did. Uh, and, and you mentioned it at the start. To me, Jared Goff, I'm not, I, I, I don't know how to describe Jared Goff because he's a Super Bowl quarterback. He went to the Super Bowl. I'll give you correct, that, right? Correct. And he was the but, first pick of the draft. Yeah. But uh, you're going to have to, like, drag me screaming to, to right. convince me that. Elite, uh, I, I top never said tier. Elite. I never said elite. Okay, but top tier, top fifteen. Oh, I'm gonna have to drag you to top tier. Look at that. I, I, I mean, top fifteen. I mean, because when you look at when you say top tier, I'm thinking top four, top four, okay. maybe top five. No, is he in that second tier? No, mm, no, yeah. And so that's, <laughs> no. that, that's when you go top fifteen, top fifteen. He's and he got all Derek he Carr. Got... He's in that Derek Carr. He's in in maybe uh, uh, <laughs> uh I would say more Daniel Jones, but look, definitely higher than Daniel Jones. Okay, yeah, he got all he got all up in his feelings uh, in the <laughs> post game. Did I don't know if you saw it. He got in his feelings post game because Ryan Fitzpatrick called him a poor man's um a poor man's Matt Ryan. And Jordan, you know, Jared Love Jer excuse Goff. me. Yeah. Jared Goff got all freakish for about 10 seconds and then well, you're calling me a poor man's Matt Ryan. Well, dude, that's probably right. That's probably what you are. Nobody wants nope. to be a poor man's anybody, <laughs> Armando. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I get it. That's what he said. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it, when you say a poor man's, it's like you're close to that level, but not really to Matt Ryan. So, yeah, I feel him with that. Yeah, and, and I'm sure he probably didn't want to hear that from Ryan Fitzpatrick either. So, I get it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it didn't come off right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, look, but look, it, he, I don't know. That's a strange division. That's just yeah. a, 
that's just a, a sad, sad division with two winless teams. I think it's yeah. the only division with two winless teams. I don't know if he's the best quarterback in the division, but the Lions are the best team in that division. The one thing, let me let me just run this real by you real quick. The yeah. one thing that made me like throw up my popcorn in that game was when Quay um uh, the field goal, Quay Walker, I believe. Yes. Uh, when he jumps over the center, yes. which I love, and of course it's the flag, right? It because it's illegal, and it occurs to me, Mister Philadelphia, yes, that uh, you know the NFL says, well, the defensive player cannot jump over the center, even if he doesn't touch the center, because that's very bad. Very bad. Shouldn't happen. But the same NFL You can't says, touch him. You can't touch him. Right. So, yeah. he, but even if you don't touch him, it's a it's a flag. And, and the thing is, the same NFL is saying, okay, but the offense can line up, like, with, you know, the entire group in front and get a push from behind, and that's okay. And that bothers me a little bit. Am I, I mean, that just, I don't know. Well, I, I look at it in a sense, I mean, there's a lot that we can kind of, you know, kind of peel back from that. The The QB sneak deal, the the tush push uh, is what they, what they call it. Uh, I get that. It's a little bit safer, so to speak. Um, then they're to protecting the center. Now the center in the field goal has his head down. He can't see, um, that's a recipe for disaster for injury because back in the day we would always cover the center and just get the push right up on the center to push him back to now get at least three bodies in that eight, two in the a gap and then one push in the center to get right up the middle to get some hands on it. Now it goes back to one play that was, that kind of led to this. I think it was a Monday night game. It was Seattle, Seattle versus someone. And that's when um, Cam Chancellor jumped over the center and blocked the field goal attempt. But they said that he touched the center. And that's what I'm that's what I'm going back to. I think the jump was clean because he kind of jumped inside of him, but he hit him with his right foot, just kind of grazed him with his right foot. And that's when the penalty was. But more about Quez Walker. I think last year in that last game of the season, he got that penalty that gave Detroit the ball in the red zone for them to go for it on fourth down, which which Jared Goff completed a pass uh, to ice the clock and win the game last year that Green Bay looks back on it because it took them out of playoff contention with that particular penalty. Uh, and I just think Green Bay hasn't really kind of recovered from that whole deal, especially now when Walker gets this other penalty in this game, which they were coming back at that time. So I just think for Green Bay, uh, this, is, this is one they have to win the next two games to get back on track, especially for in the NFC North. That's just a young team. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to that division, uh, they're not ready. The, no. the, the Lions are ready. Uh, and yeah. Minnesota, oof, and yeah. the Bears, double wolf. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's move on from with the uh, game from last night. Let's go to the exciting games, I guess we we could say, for this weekend. Uh, more of the excitement of the Ravens-Browns 
Dolphins, Bills, Eagles, Commanders, uh, and the Patriots and Cowboys. Uh, let's just let's start with the Ravens, Browns. Just let's quick note, and then let's let's see who you pick uh, as we go along. I look at it in a sense for the Cleveland Browns defense is legit. To me, they're the best best defense in the league uh, statistically. Uh, their safety uh, and, and Grant Delpit, I think, is a guy that that continues to lead their team in tackles. I think he has 16 tackles, um, also with one interception. Uh, we already know about Miles Garrett. I think uh, with Jim Swartz in that defense, being able to apply pressure on opposing quarterbacks creates so many problems with his nickel scheme when you're moving, you know, Garrett, you know, around and you're trying to find blockers and he creates problems. Deshaun Watson is starting to kind of come into his his old self a bit. I think the running game still is going to kind of evolve more when they're leading rusher, obviously Nick Chubb being out. Uh, so they're going to now go running back by committee, I think with Ford and, and also, you know, obviously bring Kareem Hunt back. But do you think it's more about Baltimore and their lack of explosion because their leading rusher is Lamar Jackson. And we talked about those running quarterbacks who may need to run four to six times. Lamar Jackson is their leading care. He leads in carries and yards. And it's like the same old offense for Baltimore. When you have a new offensive coordinator and coming from Georgia, you would expect more explosion plays. Now I know people will talk about the injuries with uh, their wide receiving with, with Bateman, with, with uh, Odell Beckham yeah. being hurt. Yeah, and then their leading receiver is a rookie that they drafted in Flowers. Uh, and so uh, I just think for this offense, I want to see a little bit more from Baltimore as far as the consistency with running a football and play action game. But I think I picked the Cleveland Browns to win this game. So the Cleveland Browns, this is how good they are on defense. They have made the quarterback kind of secondary. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they they basically signed and traded for Deshaun Watson to be elite. They paid him like he's elite. They paid him guaranteed like he's elite. And he hasn't been elite for whatever reasons. Right. But this year so far, that defense has been so dominant that even when the quarterback is good to Midland, uh, it's fine because that those other guys aren't going to score. And not only aren't they going to score, we're going to get you some short fields. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to score. Right. And when you have that kind of defense and you turn quarterback play into a secondary thing in the NFL, you have become a championship caliber team because eventually talent rises to the top and the quarterback who was paid to be elite and was paid, you know, a, a lot of guaranteed money to be elite will figure it out and he can become elite again. And now you've got a monster. Well, the thing of it is you allow your quarterback to get himself in rhythm and especially with losing Nick Chubb, when you have a defense like this, now Nick Chubb becomes so important because you're eating the clock. You're running the football. You're moving the chains. The play-action game opens up. The quick game becomes an extension of the run game. 
Uh, and losing Nick Chubb will hurt this team. But last week, I saw an offense that started to open up a little more. Obviously, Kareem Hunt came back. Uh, Kareem Hunt can catch the ball out of the backfield. He becomes more of a threat in the passing game. Running the football uh, less than 10 times was perfect for him. Uh, it, but I think when you look at just this team overall, it starts with the defense, and then the offense now becomes your secondary. It's not so much the quarterback, it's the offense. And then special teams plays a major part for them as well because the three and outs now leads to putts. So now that special teams gets the field position they need to be able to get their offense going. But let's just move to the off, the offense and, and defensive side for Baltimore. Defensively, Baltimore, to me, I would say they're, they're kind of overlooked, so to speak, because coming into this season, we thought the offense would be able to carry – until the, well, I should say the defense would carry until this offensive coordinator can kind of get his guys going in the right direction. I just, I just not, I'm not seeing that defense being dominant like we've seen over the years, maybe because they don't have the faces uh, to, to really highlight like we we've done in the years, but I just, I'm expecting more from a turnover standpoint from this defense. So what you said we shouldn't do to Jordan Love, which is compare him to the past quarterbacks, we are doing to the Baltimore Ravens defense, which is you have to be back well, there. No, not, with, not with the Ray Lewis and, and, and Goose. and them. I'm talking more with when they had C.J. Mosley and, and Doomerville and those guys coming off the edge – and when Houston, even what two years ago or last year, coming off the edge, I'm just not seeing that right now. At least in the first couple of games of the year. So I'm a, I'm more, you know, I, I guess I'm more disappointed in the offense because I was told by a very good source named Lamar Jackson that he might throw for six thousand yards. He said that. I didn't say that. He right. said that. And and. This this offense, it it might throw for six thousand yards in the next two years, <laughs> uh, but but I don't, you know, you to do that you've got to do a lot of special things, and one of those special things is be durable, and they've got players on the outside, on which Lamar Jackson has to count on who are not durable. Uh, OBJ is not a durable player. Right. Bateman has not been a durable player. And shockingly, they missed last week. Uh, I don't understand. Now, not durable players don't play. Wow. Um, <laughs> so that to me is, is, is problematic. And then they're kind of banged up last week and banged up up front. And now they don't have a running game. And so now it's the Lamar Jackson. Do something for us, Lamar. Yeah. They're going back to the old Baltimore Ravens and, and just turn around and watch Lamar Jackson do his thing, and that's not going to evolve this team uh, going forward. But let's stay with the durability aspect. Let's go to Buffalo uh, and talk about that game. That's probably going to be the highlight game, I believe, uh, of the weekend. The Miami Dolphins uh, and what we've seen so far from explosion standpoint offensively and running running the football. When was the last time we even mentioned running the football with the Miami Dolphins and what they've been able to do so far 
with the rushes, the explosion plays, yards per carry. Uh, these guys really doing a good job to set up that play-action game to allow the wide receivers uh, to pretty much just eat uh, any corner that they may be faced with. This, to me, is more of a must-win situation from a mental standpoint for the Buffalo Bills. I'm picking the Miami Dolphins to win this particular game only because I think Tua Tagovailoa is the best quarterback right now in the NFL. And offensively, Mike McDaniels has this this offense soaring. And so their defense now has an opportunity to just peel their ears back and get to opposing quarterbacks. So when you talk about going back to the running quarterback aspect, I look at this game and look at the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's going to have to do everything for them to win this game. Uh, and I just don't see them doing that on a consistent basis in Buffalo. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, to me, will be able to move to stay undefeated, I believe, after this weekend uh, and continue to propel themselves as the best team in the NFL. Uh, but Armando, I mean, I got a feeling you're probably going to pick Buffalo because you're you're going to say upset. But if you do, I'm just going to give you a heads up. People in Miami are going to be so upset with you. Yeah, no, uh, I'm not stupid. <laughs> I mean, I might be dumb, but not stupid. <laughs> and so, uh, look, the Dolphins have the greatest show on surf. Right. Offense right now. Get it? Get greatest show on surf. You like that? You like that? <laughs> that was nice. nice. What about <laughs> the surf, though? Surf and uh, turf? <laughs> that's interesting. Um, so, you mentioned their running game. They rushed right. for 350 yards last week. Right. And people should not forget Mike McDaniel, when he came from the San Francisco 49ers, he was their run game coordinator. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the dude knows how to draw up running plays. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they do it with such speed that – it overrides the offensive line being okay, not elite, right. okay. Right. It overrides, um, a, you know, your running back core not having a huge name player. Right. Uh, it overrides a bunch of things. And defenses are so worried about the quick passing game mm -hmm. that all of a sudden, hey, uh, what's going on? But I got to say this, and here's the big but. They scored 70. They put the big, you know, 10 touchdowns on the Broncos last week. The week before, they scored 24, right. okay, on, on the Patriots. So I love, I love the hype, and I love the hyperbole, but. Back pump, off a bit. Can we pump breaks until maybe Monday? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you're not ready to pump brakes. Uh, you know what? I'm, it's not that I'm not ready to pump brakes, but I, I'm just seeing 20, scoring 24 to 24 to 35 points in the NFL to me is big if your defense at least is above average. Um, now, we've seen explosions like the 70 points. We've seen explosions of teams scoring 38 points or 40-some points. We've seen that, but that's not consistent in the NFL. Uh, what we do know is the Miami Dolphins can score. And so I think for um, this particular point, it's more of the defense being able to at least neutralize uh, the Buffalo offense to keep them to 17 points. Then I think now we're talking again, 
with a 24-28 point average from this particular Miami offense to be able to win that game because of that. And one thing I would say to you, the Dolphins match up really well with the Bills. And yes. we saw it last year. I mean, I was at that game, that playoff game, where the Dolphins come to the game with not their first-string quarterback, not their second-string quarterback, but their third-string quarterback, who's a rookie. And they lost the game, I think, by like two points Yes, uh, against the Bills right. at Orchard Park. Because right. and the difference they played three games last year. I think the the total difference in the games, the total net difference was Bills plus two or three plus yeah. three. I think. Yeah. So my point to you is the Dolphins with their starting quarterback, they match up good. It's a good matchup for them. Speaking of good matchup, this this is a big matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, because this commander defense is overlooked. Uh, Eric Bieniemy has has continued to put his name in the hat for future head coach, possibly next year, should be next year. Uh, Ron Rivera has kind of taken a step back to allow Bieniemy uh, to control that offense, which I think it's really helped this football team out. The Philadelphia Eagles has run the football, one of the best run, rushing offenses in the NFL. Um, you know, Swift, DeAndre Swift is running running the football like he's back there, like uh, Gale Sayers. Uh, back when back in the day with Chicago, uh, I just think for this particular game, obviously the Philadelphia Eagles will come out on top because of their defense, and they will apply pressure to Sam Howell uh, to get that ball out of his hands. I think Philadelphia creates two to three turnovers in this game, which will help them win. Yeah, the 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 Commanders they've they've given up 19 sacks this yes. year in in three games. Not good. No bueno. <laughs> Not good. Uh, and and that you you basically uncover uh, your young, inexperienced quarterback. So Sam Howell is running around with no pants on, trying to escape because he's uncovered uh, by the offensive line. And that's that's problematic. Eric Bieniemy, you mentioned him. Uh, he had a very colorful way of describing his issues and his problems this week. Uh, I, I I think he said so. Um, you know uh, what was it? Uh, I didn't do a great job whether we threw the ball or whether we ran it last week. Okay, obviously we didn't do enough. So my job is to make sure that hey, you know what? We don't do that that bleep again. <laughs> my job is to clean up the bleep so we continue moving forward. You think he's going to clean up bleep? <laughs> is it the bleep or is it clean up what he messed up before? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I know Eric very well, uh, personally. Um, he is, he's, I want to say animated, but he's passionate with his conversation. He's passionate with his play and now with his coaching. Um, but I, I can say I've, I've been impressed with them. Take out that Buffalo game because that Buffalo game from the start. Uh, was bad for the commanders, but I've been I've been pretty impressed by the management with Sam Howe, uh, the organization of how this offense is operating, um, and, and utilizing their weapons. And to be honest with you, I mean McLaurin is their guy at the wide receiver position, but don't sleep on Dotson. Uh, I I just think their their wide receiving core is underrated. 
Uh, and he's really he's really given Sam an opportunity to get the ball out and push it downfield. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he'll have enough time in this particular game to do that. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, at, at the end of the day, the Eagles are just a better team. Yeah. Uh, can, let me get really technical with you. They, they're they better. They're better. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and any given Sunday, anything can happen. But this Sunday, what should happen is the team with more talent, uh, a, a, a more a better quarterback, a better offensive line, a better defensive line. Well, maybe not a better defensive line, uh, but more talent overall. They should win. That's it. So let's 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 take that to now this Cowboys game, staying in the NFC East, where this Cowboy game becomes so big for Mike McCarthy and and this football team playing the Bill Belichick struggling. Um, New England Patriots. But when I say struggle, I don't mean uh, Chicago Bears. I don't mean <laughs> these really str- struggling, winless teams. I look at this New England team, and I think defensively, they're very strong. They're back to the Bimba don't break type of defense. Mac Jones is, is playing way better than he did last year uh, and controlling the clock besides hitting Sauce Gardner um, in the wrong areas. But uh, that's another issue. Um, and then – you know, when I look at what they're trying to do from an offensive standpoint, um, I look for them to open up a little bit more versus this Dallas Cowboy defense. Arizona was able to be successful running the football uh, and neutralizing the clock. And the blitz scheme that Dallas came with, you know, just wasn't strong enough. And I think New England does the same thing. But I think more of the story should be about Trayvon Diggs and that injury and how it's going to hurt this defense. I actually think the New England Patriots will win this game. Uh, and because of the loss of Trayvon Diggs, and now they can go to Bland and go after Bland and allow Gilmore to be on the opposite side and just continue to u- utilize that intermediate passing game, which Mac Jones is very strong with, uh, and be able to control the clock. Well, wow, dude, we should have like upset alert sirens going off right now. <laughs> Because you just picked the big upset alert of the week. Um, I I have a personal question. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned Mac Jones. Yeah. And you mentioned that moment yeah. where where he, you know, banged somebody in the groinage. Tell the people, tell me, I mean, your best uh, pile up story. What really goes on in that in that stuff? What what's really the situation in those situations? Well, I mean, it could be some pulling, some grabbing, some punching. Um, you know, back in the day, you had to point poke it in the eyes. Uh, you know, for those with long hair, it could be pulling the hair. You know, just some little some little kind of advantage you would get to upset the guy that's that's either carrying the ball, falling on the fumble, or at the bottom of the pile. That's about it. I mean, I won't go any further to keep it real clean or what's going on on this show. <laughs> well, did you ever do that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. I'm an offensive player. That's, that's something I will say more for offense and defensive line. Uh, those linemen get a little nasty to get an advantage to get, get the uh, opposing team upset. 
Um, or if you got personal issues, you take advantage of it that way. Well, my theory is someone did something to him and him having a history for doing this stuff came back at it. I don't have any evidence. We don't even have a clear picture of what he did. He did this. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, dude, I, I'm not sure if I liked it or didn't like it. I'm just glad I'm not Sauce Gardner and had to deal with it. That's all I'm happy about. Yeah, that, that came out pretty bad uh, as far as uh, the commentary and then Sauce and then going, taking it to social media uh, and highlighting with the video of, of what Mac Jones did. But as a quarterback, that's just not the norm. Um, so I'm sure he'll probably get some type of penalty for that. And it's fine. Ka-ching. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> right? I mean, how can I mean, Mac Jones explain that when you get that fine letter? Because you hit or, you know, you gave Sauce Gardner the business, so to speak. <laughs> that's well, one to kind of be tough. That's that's going to be really tough. Absolutely. And and you, you, you hit it right on the head. In perfect New England Patriots culture, how did he address it? We've moved on to next week and this game with the Dallas Cowboys. So he didn't address it. He learned from Bill Belichick. We're moving on to Cincinnati. Uh, well, I mean, that's the whole thing. And especially for us here on this show at the five spot, we won't do any low blows. We'll keep it high. Stay Ooh. focused. Make sure you tune in next week as we recap all the great wins and great losses uh, for this weekend in the NFL and also in college here at the five spot.